0: Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and this week I have a special surprise for you. If you've been following our show and our ministry for a while, you know we love to have on special guests, and whenever we have somebody in town and have the opportunity, we love to bring them in, and today is no different. I have a friend of mine, a new friend in my life, Brother Mariano, and he's a Franciscan friar of the renewal. He's been in town doing a thing called Friar Fest with our local youth and middle schooler and high schoolers, and uh, fortunately for me, unfortunately for them, they ran into a little bit of plane trouble, so they were, <laughs> were uh, able to crash at our house and we've been feeding them, hanging out with them and getting to know them. So he was kind enough to come in here for an episode. And so without further ado, brother Mariano, thank you for being here with oh, me. Thank you
1: for the invitation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's been great. I know the circumstances are a little difficult <laughs> for you guys. Uh, you know, four of you staying with me, some father Malik, has been on the show before he's been here uh, with us as well. Got him back on the way, but uh, you're here with <laughs> hopefully, us. Till, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but you're here with us until tomorrow. And uh, my family and I, on behalf of Angela, who's on the there, saw the cameras. I just enjoyed you being here. No, it's, and my, it's my pleasure. It's my joy to be get here. Getting to know yeah. you too. So, And thank you for coming on. Because you know, last time when I had Father Malachi, we talked about a lot of things. His conversion story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Advent because we were in that season. And I think we had an episode on the Eucharistic Revival because mm-hmm. he's a preacher for that. But we didn't really get into... Mm-hmm uh, you know, the Franciscan order in the way and Francis himself and, and really what draws somebody into it. So, you know, I love just to have conversations with guests and, you know, just, I, I guess to kick it off, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, mm-hmm. you know, what you're doing here, how you got here and when you <laughs> fell in love with the Lord. <laughs> wow. So I'm from
1: Brazil, um, from, uh, from Salvador is the third, fourth largest city in the country. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much like the south uh, because we have a very strong African-Brazilian population. We have a a deep story, a deep history. Like, I think my state is very similar to Louisiana. Like, Mm -hmm. even the accent, the way we speak, we have this unreal fame that we are lazy, but we are not lazy. (laughs) We just enjoy life in a different manner, in a different pace of life. (laughs) Uh, So I am here. This is my fourth. 50 years a Friar, uh-huh. information, I'm a second year of vows, going to my third year of vows, hopefully, in July, and why I'm, I'm here in Memphis, wow, so blows my mind how God works with his divine creativity. Mm-hmm. I never thought that one day I'll be in Memphis, Tennessee, <laughs> they'll be like hanging out at Elvis Presley house. <laughs> yeah, Graceland, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I'm always surprised to receive the gift of God, and the gift is the giver, mm-hmm. so Pretty much I'm open to receive the grace of God in in a creative way because, yeah, I'm here because one day and I'm trying to to be docile and open to God's will in my life. So I I came from a Catholic family in Brazil, but unfortunately, Brazil is a very secularized country. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I never had an experience of faith growing up, although I I went all my life to Catholic schools, Um, but I realized pretty much if God was real, uh, I will be able to acknowledge his presence. Mm-hmm. It was a very simple conclusion, like a very simple syllogism. If God was real, I would be able to feel him. I'm not able to feel God, so God is not real. Mm-hmm. But wasn't a conclusion um, coming from a place of hatred, a place of disappointment? It was pretty much a kind of conclusion of my own experience, or my lack of prayer, or my lack of intimacy of, with God. But at the same time that I realized that I was atheist, Something new uh, was alive in my soul, was a desire to know the idea of God. Mm-hmm. And he starts, I think, my journey trapped in this midst of God's creative. Because I think God, he was able to, to conquer my heart using this divine creativity, mm-hmm. using different tools to manifest his mercy in my life. So I was atheist, and now and I, I was looking for meaning in different, different religions, reading, researching. And I, obviously, I had this natural, quotation marks, uh, <laughs> hatred towards the Catholic Church. Because I thought, okay, if God is real, he's not Catholic. Sure. And why that? Because I assumed that I knew the Catholic Church. I assumed that I knew Jesus. I grew up in a Catholic country. We have crucifix everywhere. We have churches everywhere. So I don't need to, to check Jesus. I don't need to, to be, be open to this Christian God. I know Christianity very well. So I, I, my, my heart was completely close to the idea of Christianity, to the mystery of God and Christianity. So I was looking for many in the East. So I was studying um, different Eastern religions. And in the midst of this, I found, for example, Islam. Islamic religion was my first experience studying Islam and be open to Muslim friends, to the idea of God, like a God that was almighty, that was majestic. And I had some kind of uh, experience with God, with his Muslim friends. It was my first experience of, of, of God in a personal way. But for me, it wasn't, wasn't sufficient. Mm. Uh, I need something more from God. And reading the scriptures, the prologue of the Gospel of John, realized, okay, Christians, they believe that this almighty, majestic, powerful God came down from heaven. So, whoa, 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 whoa. This is outrageous mm. <laughs> this is scandalous yeah you guys believe that god creator of heaven and earth was born in a cave thrown by poop blows my mind yeah. this is insane if you believe in this mystery your life should be completely different but i was unable to see christians living with this radicality wait a minute you guys believe that God himself died on the cross? Ho, ho, ho. We should live differently. Yeah. So I was, I was attracted by this mystery of Christianity now, but without faith. Uh, so I had a kind of intellectual conversion. First of all, being open to the church. Okay, the church built the, West, the Western civilization. Beautiful. Uh, but without faith. So I was going to this church in my city uh, for many, many months, and I was going there. This is a is a is a monastery, beautiful church. Um, and I was going there every day, and I was repeating this pra- this kind of prayer. I wasn't intentionally praying, uh, but after I realized that this was a prayer, that God, I want to believe. Mm-hmm. I want to believe in those altars. I want to believe in those in in, in those statues. I, I, I want to believe. In in all those symbols gather in this church. So th- this church for me was completely dead. I was unable to understand the meaning mm. of those statues, or the meaning of those altars. I was unable to understand the presence of God in the blood sacrament. But I had this desire: I want to believe. I really want to believe. And I was repeating this this prayer: I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to believe. And one day, I was there um without soundtrack without angels appearing without <laughs> saints appearing without locutions and words and lights was the boring soundtrack of daily life car passing through the avenue repeating this prayer i want to believe suddenly suddenly something happened boom and i received the gift of faith and their church that for me was completely dead came alive and i could understand I could understand the the statue of a lot of sorrows. I could understand the statues of faith, hope, and love. But most of all, I, I could understand and acknowledge with my mind and with my heart the presence of God in the blood sacrament. It was the first time that I intentionally I uh, put myself down. I kneel down, and and I pray, I acknowledge that I was praying heart by heart, heart to heart with a person face to face. Mm. And, and then I had this powerful experience realizing if God is real, and I was being being drawn to this experience at, at that moment, if God was real, I need to give to him my past, my present, my future. And from this and from that moment came the grace of my vocation, I would say uh searching for the fulfilling of this yes, that I gave to God when I received the gift of faith, um, and after that, yeah, I was looking for the 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 uncovering of my vocation, uh, for the fulfilling of my call, for a real discipleship, and many choices, many 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 paths. Later, now I'm here in Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> and how I, and how how the the Franciscan experience happened in my life. Uh so many years later I'm leaving Mexico I was working in Mexico um having a nice life there and but I, I was really struggling it was a, it was a t- was a tough time in my life because okay I'm not living in Brazil anymore I'm living in a foreign country a country okay I'm learning a new language Spanish uh living by myself so I was falling. I was falling in, in patterns of sin, in struggles, in a in, in a lack of faith, in a lack of commitment with the Lord. Um, but I was I was saved by this powerful hand of mercy that came through the intercession of Holy Guadalupe. Mm, okay. Uh. And when I received this this Marian gift in my life, uh, immediately something new. Came alive in my heart, and talking with my spiritual director, he told me, "So, bro, maybe you should discern something." Father, I'm I was 28. Father, I'm 28. I don't have time for that. Let's be honest. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I'm not. I'm not open to formation. that's not my thing. But he was really pushing me in that direction, and I knew you. And, and I knew the, the the friars a little bit, uh, so I sent an email to the friars. And after two months. <laughs> They answer me, <laughs> and I had this conversation with the friars for two years. Yeah. Wow, two years talking with the friars just For me, it was hard because okay, I had a life, um, and, I, and and was necessary to grow in prayer, in intimacy with the Lord, to to receive discernment in a more proper way. So after two years of discernment, I went to Honduras. We have a friar in down there, and. And well, it was such an overwhelming experience, just receiving the gift of our way of life. But it, was, it, was, it was funny because I was there receiving, like looking at the friars, the way they live. Okay, that's beautiful. I want to live like this, but I, I, I already can acknowledge how hard this will be for me. Sure. Because it's pretty much completely outside my comfort zone. Uh, so I came back to Mexico. I quit my job and I moved to Honduras. I stayed there for nine months, living with the friars for nine months. Then I came to the U.S., Porcelain uh, novice vows.
0: Wow, <laughs> what a story, man! I, I You know, you mentioned a couple things in there: the gift of faith, the gift of Marian, uh, the Marian gift. You mentioned, you know, I think sometimes we feel like we just have to put in all this work and then we earn a faith. You know, it's just like, well, if I just read enough and I study enough, then I'll finally believe in God. You know, if I can just con- constantly look for proof and convince myself. But for you, it sounds like it was just a moment of God's grace where it's like the gift of faith. And I heard you say that this weekend mm-hmm. at the retreat with the youth. And like I said, I think we're just – a lot of times we have this as like uh, we always have these never-ending to-do lists in our life, and we've got to earn these things in our life. And we look at faith that way instead of just inviting God to make it real to mm-hmm. us and to, and to give us a gift. And that's very interesting. I just I haven't heard it spoken like that, like the gift of faith where before so it was really like that just instant just one day showing up doing everything like you did and then boom it just and then i received this 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 beautiful gift and
1: that changed my life completely i'm here because i received this gift Mm -hmm. and all my life till now and always will be like this is the unfolding of this gift Mm -hmm. is this diving in this gift because i think that's the problem that we have nowadays in the modern world that we we think that it's about the doing, mm-hmm. but it's not about the being. So it's yeah. what I can do for God. And ultimately, I think w- we must bury the idea of self-made man. Yeah. I think the self-made man is is, is is a poison in the way we live our, our life because it's about what I can do, what I can build of my own life. I'm the owner of my own destiny. And God is something there that is there to bless me in my own ownership of my own life. And I think the the, the the tricky part is, yes, that is engagement on my will. Uh, but it's realizing that everything comes from God. And I think the tricky part is sometimes we can bring this idea of self-married man to the church with with some piety. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I do more, if I'm able to to sacrifice myself more, if I'm able to read more, if I'm able to, to offer more, I'll be blessed in the way I'm growing in holiness. Yes, there is something real there that is engagement on my will. Sure. Uh, even, even, even God himself, when he comes to Our Lady, uh, he's asking her to engage her will, saying her yes. So there is a, a participation of our will. But it's much more this openness to receive the gift of God in our life because ultimately the gift is the giver. Mm. So God is the gift. So the gift is not, is, is, is not some possession that God is giving to me. But what is God is giving to me is relationship. Yeah. So ultimately, we need to, to and, and that's the, the struggle of our daily life because we can be so self-focused, living so self-preoccupied that I, I don't have a relationship with God anymore. And I realize that prayer, and I, and I really like to repeat this, that prayer is about me giving to God my pious thoughts. Hmm. God doesn't need my pious thoughts at all. He's not more God if I, if I tell him how awesome he is. <laughs> I know that I'm fine with that, but the 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 beautiful exchange is when I'm able to give to him my brokenness, my messiness, my struggles, my questions, and I stay in this place of complete openness. And in this beautiful exchange, I receive the gift of himself in my life through faith. That ultimately is the is the experience of Our Lady, and I always go I always go back. Um, to our lady because I, I find a lot of consolation meditating in the Annunciation. Like, okay, the angel comes to Mary, most holy, announcing her the coming of the Messiah. Oh, obviously, if some angel appeared from me right now, I'll be scared. <laughs> uh, but the angel is telling her about the coming of the Messiah. She was a pious Jewish lady. She was aware that the Messiah will come. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's surprised by the angel himself. But she she knows something that is happening. Okay, the angel is telling me about the coming of the Messiah. Okay There's something here that I can, I can grasp, I can understand. But then she has one question: How? How? Yeah. So I, I, I know what you're saying. I acknowledge the content of this message, But how this will happen. And now comes this very dark time of Our lady time, a life, this dark part of the message of the Annunciation, because the angel now is telling her about that she will be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is happening here? And the child will be called Son of God. Whoa! She was a pious Jewish lady. She knew that this title, Son of God, was pretty much sacrilegious. Yeah. Uh, Was absurd. Was completely absurd. She knows probably the, the, the reference to the overshadowing is a reference to the ark. So, what's up with that now? What's up with, with, with this reference to the ark? What's up with the Son of God? I don't know what Son of God means. Let us keep in mind that 33 years later, our Lord will be condemned in, in base of the same title of Son of God. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the title that the Pharisees used to accuse him of profanation. So, when she hears this title, she has no idea what is happening now. Okay. He is the descendant of, of David. Check Mark, the Messiah. I understand. Everlasting Kingdom. Okay. We, we, we can hear a reference to, to, the, to, to, to a re- Everlasting Kingdom referring to David himself. Mm-hmm. She can understand something. But now, Son of God is dark for her. She has no idea what is happening. And what she does? Nothing. She, <laughs> she, she doesn't have more questions. She's not asking more Excuse, uh, excuse me, sir. Can you clarify the, the, the Son of God <laughs> thing? Yeah, I'm not so sure about this part. No. Be done it to me according to thy word. And now nothing. And now, now she's doing dishes. And she has no idea what's happening. Mm. She's just surrendering. And after 33 years, she sees the crucified one. That is the body that she gave to him. So, pretty much, she's seen her fiat being crucified. Mm-hmm. And she has no idea what is happening. Now she's carrying. Okay, it's, it's a dark conversation for Easter time, but whatever. Sure. <laughs> no, now no. she's carrying the corpse of her son. She's covering blood, pretty much. Mm-hmm. She's carrying this cold, dead body. But in- interiorly, she's repeating the Magnificat. Interiorly, she's repeating the fiat. She's keeping the faith. I have no idea. I have no clue what is the, the, the game plan of this death, but I believe. Yeah. I believe in the word of the angel. I believe in what I know of my son. How? I don't know. And after three days, as Franciscans, we, we have this internal tradition that we believe that the first apparition, the reason one, was to Our Lady. She sees the reason one. She mm. sees now her fiat resurrected. Um, and, and I think our is an icon of discernment, is an icon of openness to God in mystery. Because what we can see with her is a lack of knowledge, lack of grasping, lack of understanding. She's, she says her yes, and she surrenders to God in such a level, in such a radicality, that she was able to embrace the mystery. Mm day by day, in this holy bornness of life of Nazareth, having the grace to see the wedding feast of Cana, but at the same time contemplating Calvary. And how can you hold both realities of dark and glory in the life of our Lord with faith? Mm-hmm. So She was carrying the faith of the church, um, in those times, uh, at Calvary before the cross
0: yeah i thought about that a lot during holy week not as eloquently as you just said obviously a lot of different ways but even like in you know a lot of catholics we don't know what to do on holy saturday you know we have the 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 last supper uh mass on thursday and we have the passion of our lord on friday and stations of the cross and then there comes saturday and you know there's this resurrection but a a lot of us are just like "What, what do we do on saturday and i'll never forget somebody told me um a while back that you need to look at at the Blessed Mother yeah. and her silence and her receptivity, yeah. but she waiting. knew something was supposed yeah. to happen, yeah. but didn't know what. To your point, she's waiting. She's wait. and
1: she's and she keeps the faith. There's a tradition that in the Tenebra service on Saturday morning, so you you blow all the candles except one, mm-hmm. and this 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 candle means the faith of Our Lady. She's the one that keeps the faith of the Church at the foot of the cross. Mm. Because you see the fiasco of crucifixion. The apostles are not there. John is there. Mary Magdalene is there. But they have no clue. Uh, maybe they thought that it was like end game. is over. Sure. Uh, and but, but Our Lady, she keeps the faith. She, be, she, be, she believes and she repeats as an aspiration, be done unto me according to thy word. Uh, and because she was able to wait in patience and wait in faith, as Franciscans, we believe that she received the first apparition
0: of the risen one. Yeah, that's amazing. So, first of all, thank you for sharing that. That was very beautiful. I could hear my oh. wife oohing and on over there, and she loves uh, anything about Mary as do I. So, thank you for for sharing that. You know, I, you just you're painting this picture that I think we all need to hear because whether you're discerning to go into the priesthood or discerning in an, an dis, any sort of decision in your life you have to be silent and wait and so often we want to rush and we want to make decisions and we we go off of feelings right yep. we so quickly go off of motion and and a lot of times make the wrong decision because we rush in rush into things instead of just simply waiting for god to give something and again that can be a sign if you will but that can be a lack of faith too because we're just sitting there saying god you know put a put a neon blinking sign saying, go this way. But oftentimes, even when we're asking for that, we're not willing to do the work and just to be patient. Yep. Yep. You and, know?
1: and and I think like what's fascinating. And that's why I talk about the self-made man, because I think that the idea of self-made man is exactly the opposite of this holy patience, this holy experience of faith, like of letting go expectations, letting go control, mm-hmm. let go what I can grasp. Because when we bring the self-made man to the church with some kind of cover piety. is about me. Mm-hmm. It's about what I can control, what I can understand of God. But if, if, if we believe that God, creator of heaven and earth, was born in a cave surrounded by poop, there is an experience of letting go, of radical abandonment. Mm. That's Philippians 2 of St. Paul. We, 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 we must be conformed to this radical experience of emptiness of God himself. Embracing this radical abandonment, even in Portuguese, the word that we use to translate kenosis in Greek, uh, in Portuguese, is annihilation. Hmm. So God He annihilated Himself for the sake of our salvation, my salvation. Um, And how this is possible? So that is why we look at at Our Lady. That is why we look um, to the life of Francis. Uh, and I think Francis is a is a powerful icon also of this letting go of of expectations, of letting go of control. Um, yes, we have his powerful conversion. This being being this bougie uh, guy <laughs> in a a lot of money, have a powerful conversion, encountered the leper. We know pretty much about this part of his life, and now he, he, because of his openness to receive the mission of God, he's the founder of this of an order. Mm-hmm. But I want to jump in. At the end of Francis' life, because I think this part of his life is very iconic of his of his of his holiness, and sometimes we are unable to to, to dive in here. Okay. So at the end of his life, he's struggling. He's disappointed with the order; it was too big for him. Uh, you can see already the tension between friars. Okay, some friars that want some kind of more stable way of life. Uh, more conventional way of life. As some friars already fighting for a more remedial way of life. You have also the issue with poverty happening. Uh, so Francis is very disappointed, uh, very unconsoled with the situation. He's already very sick. He went to Egypt. When he came back, he got the Nile disease, so he's like half blind. Mm-hmm. So he's in a place of desolation, using, using this word. And now he decides to go to Mount Laverna to pray. Something very powerful is already happening here. In desolation, in struggle, he chooses to pray. Yes. <laughs> so he's not going to Laverna in a place of spiritual Disneyland. That's awesome. I want to I wanna go there and, and, and spend some weeks in prayer. No. I'm in desolation. I'm struggling. But I need, I need to bow down in worship. Mm. So he goes up to Laverna. He goes to Laverna with Brother Leo, and when he's dying in Laverna, he sees, he sees the crucified seraph. Sees quotation marks because he's half blind. So even mm-hmm. the glory of the crucified seraph, he cannot acknowledge because he cannot see. Yeah. And after this, he's bleeding. So his, his, his hands, his, his side, his feet got pierced, now he's bleeding. So what is happening here? Is a man in desolation, struggling, sick, now he's bleeding. Conformation with Christ is not a powerful reward. Conformation with Christ is a pathway of suffering. Mm. Uh, so Christ is not giving to Francis this spiritual Disneyland, this, <laughs> this 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 powerful consolation of joy and happiness as the word sees. It's pretty much the opposite you were sick you were unconsoled now you're bleeding it's even worse now
0: yeah it's progressing the wrong way exactly what we would yeah. want
1: yeah and what we can see here is pretty much how god speaks in a non-linear way because we and that's the way the word operates what is not bad we think that one plus one equals two. That's very reasonable. You mm-hmm. give me something, I say, I, and I say thank you. Okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's, it. you give, you, I, I eat Tennessee barbecue. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I say yes. Oh, thank you so much for that. But with Christ, it's a different dynamic now. He gives us suffering, He gives us struggle. He gives us, first of all, the fiasco of the crucifixion. Mm hmm. And, and if we are able to be conformed to this mystery, if we are able to receive the gift of the crucified one, then we can receive the joy of the resurrection. Mm. And we embrace the suffering, and we embrace the crucifixion with a guarantee of the joy of the resurrection, although I'm not feeling that. Sure. So Francis now is bleeding. He's struggling. And what he does? His first reaction is to pray the praise of God. You are good. You are totally good. You are patience. You are humility. You are stronghold. You are are security. You are hope. You are faith. You are charity. You are meekness. What what is that? (laughs) He's bleeding. He's bleeding. And he opens his lips and he says, you are good. This makes no sense.
0: It sounds like a lot like Job. The, exactly. This,
1: yeah. this makes no sense. This makes no sense at all. But it makes sense if you look at the crucified one. Yeah. And what is the next step of Francis? He sees Brother Leo. Brother Leo is in desolation. What he does, he prays over Brother Leo. So now is the first true reaction of Francis after his conformity with Christ. He prays God and he Praise for his brother. What is happening here? Francis disappears completely. He's completely other oriented. It's not about him anymore. He disappears completely, mm. and that's the icon I think for us as friars, following the the foot, in the footprints of our Lord Jesus Christ through the example of Francis, embracing this very deep reality of suffering, of conformity to Christ in the midst of our daily. Uh, reality and this holy bornness serving the poor praying living with the brothers um, in misery and what is ironic is the fact that Franciscans they are well known for their joy yeah <laughs> but at the same time the Franciscan spirituality is very is very is very crucified mm. so Calvary is our mountain uh Laverna is our mountain if Carmelites, they have uh, the Mount Karma, uh, sure. we have uh, Mount Laverna and Laverna is the encounter of Francis with the crucified one. So that's our, that's our transfiguration, a crucified seraph. And when we embrace that in mystery, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that suddenly if I'm able to embrace the sufferings of Christ in my life, if I'm able to, to, to receive the mystery of the stigmata in my life, now suddenly everything's fine and I'm in desolation, it's not magic. Sure. Because sometimes we can have this, ten- this tendency. If I'm able to receive the suffering, suddenly, randomly, the suffering is not anymore sorrowful. No, no, no. I'm able to receive the gift. I'm able to, to be open to receive suffering and struggles and desolations. But this reception of the suffering is not a guarantee that the desolation will disappear. Right. So I stay there. I stay under the gates of the Father through the experience of the Crucified One. And, and Francis, I think, is an icon of that. Um, and, the, and, and that's his legacy for us, this, this legacy to us. Um, because as Franciscans and Order of the Friars Minor, um, how, can you, how, how can you accomplish minority? How can you put a check mark? I'm a minor. Boom. If you put a check mark in minority, you're not a minor. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a, a natural tension in this charism because it's, it's a daily effort to be conformed to the poor one that is Christ himself uh, in his divine poverty. Uh, Saint Bonaventure says uh, that uh, God the Father is the divine almsgiver mm. because Christ is the alms himself. Mm. Um, so how can, we, how can I be conformed to this mystery? It's impossible. Because the jump of the incarnation, and that's exactly what Francis saw. So when Francis is looking for a radical life of poverty, is not just to put a check mark in material poverty. What I can, what I cannot eat. No, I'm looking at the mystery of the crucified one. God himself embracing my flesh. God himself embracing my, my desolation, my struggle. God himself embracing my reality. Uh and this jump is scandalous. Mm. This jump is outrageous. This jump is the source of Franciscan poverty. And how can I be conformed to this jump is impossible. So it's a daily effort. And because poverty is so subjective, we had so many divisions in the Franciscan order. Sure. Because of this. Because the way you live your life depends of your understanding of poverty. Um uh, and that's not Dominicans, they never have divisions. Uh, but I'm not here to talk about my beloved Dominican friars. <laughs> I love them. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's all I keep thinking about when you're when you're talking about all this is we don't you know we don't want to suffer, but we're called to embrace that suffering as Catholics and as followers of Christ. And you know, as you were speaking, like I, you had your hand clenched, and it made me think that so often in our life we're we're trying to grasp and hold on to whatever we want and how we want to see it. And especially as men, you know, we talk about this all the time here in in America, you know, you're kind of told, you know, you want to get, you want something, go get it yourself, make yourself like you're saying, self-made man, plow your own way, do it yourself. Don't ask for help, put your head down. And so we have that sort of mentality, but the beauty of when your faith, at least for me, starts to come alive is when I say I have to be as open to the, to the things that aren't comfortable for me, that aren't good for me, that aren't making me feel good all the time as I am for those that make me feel wonderful. And and just that complete openness, and instead of that clenching of a hand, just an open hand that says whatever the Lord chooses to yeah. give me that day, and that's what you see, like in people that have great faith. My mother, you know, passed away of cancer, and, and she had it and was in remission for years, and then I was actually in the doctor's office when they came in and said, you know, y- you have maybe a few weeks to a couple months to live, and and you know, while I was crying, my father was crying. There was a great stress. I just remember from the moment that she heard it had a few minutes to sit with it. She just was proclaiming the Lord. She's like this is his will and I love him and he has a place for me and and it was just this complete openness that I think we're all called to no matter what comes our mm-hmm. way in our life. And if you can I think if we can find that spot then you truly get into a place where discernment I don't know that it ever becomes easier but you're more open to whatever happens to you.
1: And and I, th- and I think you said something very beautiful here is the empty hands mm-hmm. uh, we go to God with empty hands without game plan because sometimes when we go to God, we go asking him to bless mm-hmm. ours ours um, my thoughts sure my expectations um, I, I'm not going to him with empty hands receiving the misery of himself in my life and, and we can see this very clear in amidst suffering because suffering and death they reveal to us a face of our reality that, that we that we don't like to, to contemplate. Mm-hmm. There is a gravity in suffering and death that for us is beyond our thoughts, that is beyond our expectations. That is why even in the in, in the modern times, we try to, to sanitize death. Mm-hmm. And this sanitization of death is a result of this incapacity to receive the gift of death as part of who we are as human beings. Sure. Um and that's the mystery of the incarnation because God's coming down from heaven to embrace death and, and, and telling us that there is this outpouring of hope through the resurrection. But what happened is we need to be open to the mystery. Mm-hmm. We need to be open to the crucifixion, but not with game plan. Now, okay, I'm open to the crucifixion between those lines. Sure. Um, but there is a, a radical surrender, this radical... Canonic attitude of being open to be self emptied in this experience of intimacy with the Lord. That is not about my own will. It's not about my own expectations. It's not about my own plans. What I can, uh, what I can grasp, and that's the tension in the world today. Because the the world is, is always telling us that it's about me. Yeah. <laughs> what I can do. What I can build. Uh, what I can love the way I want to love. And. And when it's not, this is the distraction. I'm always talking about distraction. Uh, TikTok, Netflix, and apps, and cell phones. Mm -hmm. Those things are not bad, per se. But what is happening here? The distraction. Mm -hmm. I'm always distracted with something. I'm always distracted with something new. There's always something new happening in the world. And I must be aware of this. Why? Who told you? You're also important, yeah. Um, but why we try to keep up with all the updates, all the updates of life, all the updates of videos and photos? Because we don't want to be aware of ourselves. Yeah, I Amen. don't. I don't want to grow in self knowledge. Amen. Because self knowledge is key for us, and it's, it is a deep reality in our Franciscan spirituality. Because self knowledge is the knowledge of myself in my poverty in my brokenness, in my misery. And if I'm able to know myself, I'm able to give glory to God because I'm able to give to him. And now we have this exchange. Mm -hmm. But if I'm distracted with the world, with cell phones and TikToks and videos and pictures and whatever, I don't have time to know myself. Yeah. And if I don't know myself, ultimately, I don't know him because I don't know why he came down from heaven. Mm -hmm. because I think I'm awesome. Uh, (laughs) But if I'm able to know my misery, if I'm able to know my my sinfulness and my brokenness, I give glory to God. And now I give to Him this brokenness. And now I know that I'm awesome. And why? Because He came from heaven to save me. Sure. Okay, God, thank you for that. And now I can develop this attitude of gratitude, Mm -hmm. this spirit of thanksgiving, because I know how reckless I am. But if I, if I know myself, if I grow in this self-identity, and I give glory to God for my redemption, I can live life in a free way. Uh, I can live without grasping, without self-preoccupation, without anxiety. Yeah. Uh, because everything is freely, freely given, and I'm receiving the gift, uh, and the gift is Him. Yeah, um, I look if this makes sense. No, it, know, does. Okay. It, 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 it does, and
0: everything, it does. Because, like, even when you were talking about death, and, and and you know, we get focused on the here and now, and death, and all those things. Death and all those things scare us because it means all this is over in our eyes, and this is. So many of us have our heads down, whether it's looking at a phone or or you know at a desk working or whatever we're doing. And we don't have our eyes up to what truly matters, which is the ultimate gift that God has given us, the price that he paid so that we could be for him forever. Mm -hmm. And if you don't receive that properly, and you look at death as something that's pain and loss and the end of something or being robbed of something, you don't understand that, that actually, even though death may be painful, it may be long, it may be hard, that going through that suffering, carrying that cross, if we have lived the way that we've been called to live, then the, the gift that we truly receive is God himself for eternity yeah. and the opportunity to be with him. And and it's such a beautiful way to look at that because if you don't, then everything, like you said, is about you and you're turning inward and 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 looking down instead of up. And that's what I love about Easter. And that's what I love about the readings that we have coming up, especially from the Old Testament with uh, where we're looking at Moses and the Israelites are complaining after everything God's done for them. And God gets angry with it, and I would be too. You know what? What else do you want from me? And so He sends the serpents, and they're all bitten. And (laughs) then they go to crying, "Hey, save us now! This isn't what we wanted." And And, and what happens?
1: And we don't know God's time, and that's the the tricky part of this relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. So I said about this non-linear relationship: no, one plus one equals two. There's not the way God operates with us. But sometimes we are able to see the fruits of our sacrifices. Yeah. okay I'm able to receive this this hardship i'm able i'm able to receive this struggle i'm able to give to god my struggle i'm able to after this acknowledgement to give to him and, and 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 receive freedom maybe not yeah maybe i'm i'm still struggling maybe i'm still in desolation for many 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 years yeah uh but ultimately we'll have the final answer in everlasting life mm-hmm. and i go back I love to talk about the saints because I think the, the saints, they're very powerful icons of this reality. There's a saint that I like a lot. Um, can I... S- two years ago? A year ago? Mm-hmm. By Pope Francis. Uh, saint Charles de Foucault, a hermit in the Sahara. He could be the patron saint of losers. Ser- seriously. Because mm-hmm. his life was a completely fiasco. Like, was It's even funny. So he had a powerful conversion. He He was... A type of St. Francis, a mm-hmm. uh, rich, rich guy living a very comfortable life in a very sinful way. He had this powerful conversion. After his conversion, he tried to be a Trappist monk in France. Uh, he had, and and he, he received this invitation to radical conformity to the poverty of Christ. And he even speaks about abjection. Mm-hmm. That's the word he used, the abjection of Christ. So for him, the Trappist monastery in France wasn't enough. So he leaves the trappist monastery he goes to syria uh to the poorest uh, trappist monastery in the world wasn't not for him so he leaves the this monastery now he's living as a worker with a poor class in nazareth okay. Was it wasn't not for him now he goes to algeria and there he builds uh, the, a hermitage he writes in this meantime three constitutions of an order that he thought that he had been inspired to, to found it. Um, he goes to Algeria, he builds hermitages, he's open to receive disciples trying to live this rule of life. And no one came. Mm. Um, he's getting old. He's lost, he, he lost all his teeth and no one came. Uh, he's He's last letter to his cousin in France, he, he, he writes how sad he was because no one came. And then one day, he got killed pretty much by accident. Mm-hmm. So his hermitage uh, was attacked by, by thieves and a, a, a young guy was carrying this AK-47, I think, or something like this, and he got shot by accident. Uh, he lived pretty much a useless life. Mm-hmm. Completely useless life, uh, and when and when when we look at him, we go, okay, God, what's up with that? Uh, you inspire him to move around. You inspire him to write three constitutions, uh, but he never saw any consolation coming from this yeah. torment in his life. Moving around, building stuff changing countries, discerning, always in this this place of this unfulfilling experience. There's always something more to happen, Mm -hmm. and nothing happened. But after his death, he was transformed in this fruitful tree of life. Uh, Many, many communities follow now his rules and his his spirituality. Hmm. Uh, So he's he's an icon of this because... His uselessness, that was real, was transformed in a fruitful tree in the afterlife. Sure. So he ne- he never saw he never saw himself being this fruitful source of renewal in the church. He never saw his his three constitutions be transforming in a, in a, in a living reality as he thought would be. He never saw his hermitages being being filled with disciples. Never. He only baptized one person during his entire life. Wow. Um, but after life, now he's there in the city for us. Yeah. Um, so what is the message here? Letting go. Letting go expectations. Letting go plans. Needs letting, for affirmation. Is, and is, so, yeah. Letting go. Letting go. abandon, Radical abandon. And he wrote the prayer of abandonment.
0: Okay. I didn't know he, that.
1: He wrote this prayer. The prayer of abandonment to God in the hands of the Father. Because that was his experience. Okay, God, you inspire me to move around. You inspire me to come here to Algeria and to write those constitutions. You inspire me to build those hermitages. And what's up with that? Because I'm not, I'm, I'm not receiving any confirmation that you are like with me here, inspiring people to live this way of life. Sure, but now, after his death, he can. T- oh, that's the reason that's why. That's the reason why. Yeah. So there is a letting go, uh, abandonment, a radical experience of conforming to Christ in this experience of self emptiness uh, that the saints they're icons for us and And I think we're called to live. Yeah,
0: yeah And that's one thing I love about Mother Teresa too when you Mm -hmm. read about her and all the amazing things She did and 50 years she said or something like she didn't feel God and you look at all the things and her feet that were so mangled and and Arthritic and and yet here's this woman who is is done more than a lot of people have or ever will for God and she didn't feel them, and it just blows my mind. But it's, it's a good message to all of us that at the end of the day, we just, like you said, we need to discern well and have those open hands. And God, whatever you choose to give me, I receive and I take because I love you first and foremost.
1: And what is key here? Discernment. Yeah. Discernment. So Charles Foucault, he was discerning with the Spirit Director. He wasn't discerning like, by himself, sure. God's will. Francis, he was discerning also in prayer and with the church. hmm so we need people surrounding us, helping us to discern what is God's voice, what is our voice, or what what is even the enemy's the voice. The enemy's voice. Yeah. So we need. It's not about okay, me, because ultimately we can go back to the self-made man. Okay, I'm just I'm discerning God's will by myself. No, we need the church. Sure. We need the church to discern with us, um, and then comes this experience of letting go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I, that's one thing I try to encourage everybody that listens because it. It, it, you know, if you haven't been really dialed into your faith and you hear spiritual director, it can seem like, well, that's for a priest or nope. that's for religious or that's for, but one of the best things that I ever did in my life, and I've had a couple, you know, that transitioned mm-hmm. different points in my life. People move, priests are moved and things like that. But every single time I've had one, it's been wonderful because I take everything in my life to them yep. and say, here's this and here's that. And, and some of the worst places in my life where I felt like I, I was almost in quicksand and I didn't know which way to go, just their insight. And, and maybe it was one one word or one sentence in an hour with somebody that I was like, that's it, that's yeah. right, and that's where I need to go.
1: It's very humbling yeah. when you go to a spiritual director, uh, direction and you put yourself out uh, knowing that God will bless this conversation in some manner and you don't know. Sure. And that And, and from this place comes the tension because, okay, maybe I don't like what he told me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I need to receive. Yeah. I need to pray about it. I need to to bring to prayer. So I I, I need to have my, my spiritual director, someone walking with me, and I need to, yeah, and, and it's mandatory to have a relationship with the Lord. Sure. Okay. I only can bring to my spirit director what I'm receiving prayer. Mm-hmm. So I'm receiving something in prayer. I bring to my director, and we discern together, and then I can bring back to prayer. Right. And from this place comes a fruitful relationship with Christ through the church.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Well, I know we've been on here for a while, and you've been so kind to be with me. And and just this is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. You're amazing. I really mean that. I'm not trying to just make you blush on camera. (laughs) This is really one of the best conversations. I've just enjoyed sitting here and listening. Um, But I know there may be some guys out there, and and I I know it for a fact because we get emails from people that are discerning, and Mm -hmm. what do I do? Do I religious or or, you know, um, the life of clergy or, you know, marital, you know, marriage, vocation of marriage, all those things. You know, a lot of people see the Franciscans, and a lot of people seem, like you said earlier, uh, the, the way of life is attractive in some regards. How would you, you know, to somebody that's out here maybe listening to this now, what would you say to them about just if they're thinking about the Franciscans and joining that or maybe some other sort of, uh, walk with God in a spiritual life, uh, you know, outside of marriage, what would you, what would you tell them?
1: Uh, good question. Um, I think our first obedience is to God in reality. Mm-hmm. So discernment happens in reality. Uh, my first recommendation would be like guys discerning in general. Like di- it's important to discern our own desires. Okay, God, God works through our desires. So when mm-hmm. Francis he goes to the church and he hears the gospel, what he says, that is what I desire. Sure. So there is a, a communication between God's desires and my own desires. There is, a, there is this beautiful union between my heart and the heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, obviously, at the same time, I need to purify my own desires. But there is a, a, a communication. God speaks in reality. Uh, and through this experience, I'm able to also to receive my environment. Okay, I'm moved by that. There is some patterns in my life. Okay, I'm, I'm moved by the way I see the poor on the streets. Mm. or I had some experience serving the poor some soup kitchen and I'm moved by that. Okay, there is patterns. God is speaking through those patterns and you take those patterns and you talk with your spiritual director Mm -hmm. and then you can, okay, there is something here that maybe is leading me to a discernment with the Franciscans Mm -hmm. or I can see the way I'm really moved by a more contemplative intellectual life. I'm attracted to the eternal wisdom. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe you can reach out dominicans mm-hmm. so it's important to be aware of yourself that's my self-knowledge is key and i go back to sure. self-knowledge and that's my discernment is is very hard when when you are distracted by the oh, world yeah. so you, you need to be aware of yourself in a positive way i'm aware of my desires i'm aware of of the movements of my heart and second i need to be aware of reality what is happening why why i'm moved by that and not by this Mm-hmm. Why I'm I I'm, I'm feel more attracted to this aspect of Christianity and not this aspect of Christianity? Sure. I need to be aware of myself. And w- when I'm able to see the big picture, I'm able to discern in a, pro- in, more, in a more proper way. Because discernment cannot happen online. Sure. Discernment cannot happen with pictures. Discernment cannot happen with dreams and expectations. Mm-hmm. Discernment happens in reality as the incarnation. God comes down from heaven. He touches reality. He saves reality through reality. Um uh, the same with discernment. I see, I taste, I enjoy. Okay, but it's something here. And that is why, for example, with us is is is, is key for guys discerning a Francisco way of life. Uh, to be open. Okay, first of all, I, I will try to serve the poor. I'll try to, to help some soup kitchen in my city, I will help to reach out the the missions of charity or do mm-hmm. some kind of uh, social work in some complex, to to prove myself, like to test myself in this reality, to see if I move by or not. Uh, Because that's the key of our charism, the way we serve uh, the poor. Uh, And also through this experience, you concern Dominicans, Jesuits, Carmelites. So I'll say pretty much, just to resume what I said now, be (laughs) aware of yourself, self-knowledge is key. Sure. Yeah.
0: Well, and what the beautiful thing is, watching you and so many others that have discerned correctly uh, where God wants them, you see a peace and a joy. I mean, for example, you guys I'm sure would like to be in the Bronx right now at home. And, you know, in the freedom to with, like, I know I travel, speak all these things. If my plane was canceled and I was somewhere else, I'd be freaking out about where I was going to be and what I was going to do and how I was going to get to and from. And you guys are like, we're just going to, we're going to find a place and we'll be where we are. And God has us where we're supposed to be. And it's just a, a, a you know a, an aside of what's happening right now in the moment with you guys here in Memphis, but but what I love about it is that's when peace and joy comes, and that and you know even in the suffering, even in the bad, difficult times, even in places you still have that joy because you found your purpose, and that's what I think ultimately we're all looking for is is what am I doing here. How do I find true joy? It's not by becoming the self-made man and having all these things the world will tell you to make you happy and all that. It's simply, how do I learn to serve God with the gifts that he's given me with a willing heart? Mm-hmm. And that's where you, where you and God intersect in your wills and that's where you find peace and joy. Yeah,
1: and like and even like circling back, is the fiat of all mm-hmm.
0: Um
1: When I'm discerning my vocation uh, when you are discerning your vocation, we have some kind of understanding what God is telling us. We're not discerning ideas. We're discerning reality. So I know something, what is happening. I can't understand God's voice. Uh, and I'm moving in some direction. But there's always mystery. Mm-hmm. There's always mystery that I cannot understand in fullness, that I cannot uh, uh, embrace in fullness. But even in the midst of this, I say my fiat, so that's the moment that we need to challenge guys uh, discerning to jump in in this fiat, to mm-hmm. jump in in this grace, not being afraid of the lack of, of understanding, not being afraid of the lack of knowledge. And then if you are able to say the fiat, you are able to move on toward the visitation. And you leave Nazareth, sure. and you go to your cousin Elizabeth. so you, And that's the power of the intercession of Our Lady, because she teaches how to, to give birth to this fiat. Mm. In a place of contemplation, in a place of mystery, in a place of letting go. And after the fiat,
0: the response. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Thank you again, Brother Mariana. I mean, it just it's been amazing to sit here and talk about all this with you. I hope a lot of people have found help about it. So if someone is interested in discerning uh, you know, the vocation and, and especially to the Franciscan friars of renewal, what would they need to do? Is there a place they can go and and look you guys up or they can contact you?
1: Uh, they can access our website. I don't know the address. Okay. Because I do not use it. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> we don't have internet. So uh, yeah. there is an email there that I do not remember. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> and they can send an uh, email and then we can start the conversation. Okay. Yeah. So I wanna imagine just Google guys. <laughs> use the Google
0: machine and Google Franciscan Friars of the Renewal and you'll probably find everything there. It's been such a gift to thank be you, with you, me. and thank I'm excited yeah. to be again here this evening with you and, and Brother Janice and everybody else. So thank you uh, for coming. Thank you for your yes, especially. So much, and yeah. we'll be all be praying for you as you, you go to your final vows and into a life serving the Lord as a priest. Amen. Thank you so much. All right, brother. Take thank care. You.